0: Is it? Good evening. Today is oh boy Monday, September sixth, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is more about alcoholism, and our speaker tonight is Katie V. Thank you, Katie.
1: Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Katie and I am a compulsive overeater. Really, really happy to be here and um, definitely to speak on uh, more about alcoholism, uh, which is, you know, my story, our story, right? Um, I think the, um, well, let me not get ahead of myself. Um, I, uh, I came into this program last year in June Uh, of 2020, I did not want to come here. I thought that this was my secret and my problem and that nobody knew what I, the hell that I experienced with food and I could not have been more wrong. And that was a revelation to me. And it made me feel no longer alone. Um, but I, but I couldn't let you in, you know, I couldn't let the people of this program into my life. Uh, because I still wanted to be unique. I still wanted to, I wanted to be alone with this. And that's what my disease wanted for me too. You know, this disease wants me alone and it wants me dead. So, um, I came into this program and I, and I floundered, you know, um, just to qualify very quickly before I go into it in case anybody can't see it. Um, I grew up a compulsive overeater. Uh, I started binging when I was about six years old and, um, and just never stopped until I, um, you know, never stopped. I never stopped binging throughout my entire career with this disease, um, my life. And uh, I do believe I was born a compulsive overeater because, because God wants me close. And I realized when I first came in, like, it doesn't matter why I'm here. It's not my parents, it's not my upbringing. It's not that I didn't get that job or that guy or or wear the right thing at the right time. It's that, uh, I'm, I'm just different and God wants me here to do something with me. So, um, I binged from the time I was six until I was about 20, um, primarily binging, I should say. Um, and that photo on the left is, um, when I was 20 years old and 350 pounds. And, um, after that, I got some medical information that scared me a lot. It actually depressed me. And I started using substances and um, became severely anorexic and started abusing laxatives and exercise. And I lost 200 pounds in two years. Um, it, was, uh, it was hell and I'll talk about it. And then um, on, the, on the left here, this was my first day of abstinence. Like I said, I came in in June and my first day of abstinence was August 5th of 2020. And I just celebrated a year um by the grace of God because I did not think I could make it one day. And on the photo on the right is uh is me a couple weeks ago. Um and um yeah, so the story, you know, the the book more about alcoholism, this chapter, um, is about me, you know, and you can easily see like I am the jaywalker in in all its forms. I am, I am Jim, I am Fred, I am I'm all these people because, you know, I thought I'll just read the book. Therefore it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. And, um, That is my story. Um, I, like I said, I've been binging since I was a kid and, um, I, I knew that special staircase, you know, in the middle of the night going down and taking whatever I could out of the fridge. You know, I, um, I stole money from my parents' wallets. I, I picked my friends based on what was in their cabinets. You know, I, my life was about eating. Like I lived only to eat, um, and I was miserable, you know, I, I my self-esteem was so low and um, I just felt like an alien, you know? And it wasn't just because of my body, right? That, that was a small part of it. Growing up in Orange County, California where everyone is a stick figure, um, wasn't great. You know, being morbidly obese, I was the heaviest person I knew until I moved to New York when I was 18. Um, but it wasn't my body, it was my mind. It was the fact that I could turn on a dime, um, that I was irritable, restless, and discontent unless I got food as a child, um, that I seemed to feel much more than everyone else around me did. You know, I I was always concerned with everyone else in the room, like this codependent thing of like checking the vibe and making sure everyone was good. You know, I, I was just always... Um, very heavily attuned to other people and making sure that they were playing my, my role, you know, my script, making sure they were doing exactly what I wished them to do. Um, and when I, um, when I got that important news that, um, medical news and I started using substances to, to diets, and started losing weight. It was like I had struck the jackpot. I had no clue how it happened. It was just suddenly I was losing and losing and losing, and I became obsessed with the scale, and overexercise and laxatives, and um, and I thought that everything was fine. You know, I thought I was binging every weekend, you know, but working it off all week long, starving myself all week long, and I thought that was totally fine, because in my head anything that got me thin was good. Like it didn't, it didn't matter, you know, what, what I was doing to get thin. If I was losing weight, I was, I was in a good way. And, um, and it, it took me a long time to realize like how screwed up that is, you know, and it's still something I work on constantly um, that, you know, it's not about being thin because I showed you guys my pictures and I'll, you know, I'll talk about that. Like, I thought I really could beat the game. And I, I followed getting thin into insanity in the gates of death. And um, I was, I was falling apart, losing that much weight in two years. You know, I got plastic surgery. I um I completely changed like who I, I was no longer, you know, the joyful person that I was. I was angry and I felt like the world owed me something because finally I was thin. And I was angry at everyone and I took it out on myself with food and with exercise. And, um, and I thought that I could eat like other people, you know, I, I really did, but, but I can't, and I won't ever be able to, you know, today in my absence is no sugar, no flour. I weigh and measure all my meals and, um, and I'm happy to be different. But back then, you know, before program, I I hated being different. I hated the fact that I'd go out to a meal with friends and I'd leave and I'd go home and binge all night. You know, I couldn't figure it out. And I wanted to, I wanted more than anything to just understand why I was doing this, you know, countless vain attempts to eat eat things in moderation you know but i was the type of girl like i was like oh i can, you know i can have peanut butter in my house but then i'd eat the whole jar that night you know and it was like okay you know and it talks about and more about alcoholism on the next page why did i close my book you guys crazy um It talks about everything we do. Page 31, you know, here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums. Accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad infinitum. If you're like me, you've done so much. You've done so much to try to beat this thing. It was like the puzzle that you could never figure out that you always wanted to. You know, why do I feel, why do I come home and binge on everything in the house? Why do I, why can I order? meals on meals on meals all night long and not get relief you know why is it that that somehow I go home and I I'm done for and um and that's what it got to me in the the very I think in the last couple years you know as I was dieting my way down to 150 pounds and just you know my bones sticking out at the end and everything and people asked me if I was sick and I was like, Oh, it'd be good. You know, I love that people are asking me that I was sick and, um, you know, I was afraid to be alone with myself. I couldn't do it. Cause I thought if I was alone, that meant I was, I was screwed. You know, if I was alone, I was binging. That was just the, that was the deal. And I was afraid to close my door at night because of what I would do. And I, all the relationships in my life were about keeping me away from myself, which really sucks, you know? Um, Because I didn't care about anyone's friendship. You know, I never did. I just cared about what we ate together or what I didn't eat because I was with them. And and my friends couldn't stop me, you know? And I, I thought, what good are you? And I would go home with strangers from bars you know, before I got sober, Um, because I got sober before I got abstinent, because I was like, if I get sober, I'll stop bingeing, didn't work that way at all, Uh, it got worse, but, you know, I'd pick up strangers, and I'd go home with them, and then the next morning, I'd I'd wake up, and they'd be like, we let, I let you have ice cream, and I was like, why am I here, if you let me have ice cream, the point of you was to make me so that I didn't, you know, but I really felt like a werewolf, just like turning in with the full moon, except with every night, Every night, and you know, I once dieting down to 150 pounds. I I thought that I could start eating in moderation. You know, I'm like, it's cool. You're here now. You're at you. I'm at this like starvation weight, right? But the problem was that this disease centers in my mind, and I couldn't I couldn't let myself eat the things that I wanted to eat in moderation. You know, I had to suddenly I had to be you know drunk or distracted to to be able to eat it was like it was like there was like a chain around my neck you know if I tried to eat those things um and uh you know I wanted oblivion I wanted oblivion and um I really like like this chapter is great because there are these there's this page right so I got this big book um I got sober for two weeks in, uh, in 2018, you know, cause I've been an addict my whole life with everything. And I won this book um, at a party. It was given to the person with the least amount of time there. And I had like six days and, um, and it's amazing because people wrote all over it. And I don't normally share this, but people from this group wrote in every single blank spot, you know, you're not alone, gets better but on page 32 in my book, someone underlined this sentence on, on 32. Um, but the difficulty is that few alcoholics have enough desire to stop while they were still yet time. And somebody wrote in it, they wrote, you are lucky. And this book sat on my shelf for three more years until I picked it up again. And, uh, and it's true. We are lucky, you know, while well, there's still yet time. But yeah, I am um, all over the place, whatever. Um, I could never eat like other people did. And I wanted to, I wanted to be thin and I wanted to be happy. I wanted to love myself, but even when I got down to that starvation weight, I woke up that day and I got on the scale and I got in the shower, you know, right after seeing that number. And and it was the number I'd always wanted to see, you know, I was finally as thin as I had always wanted to be my entire life, you know, growing up morbidly obese. And um, and it, it was just like, it's not enough. You still hate yourself. And that's the thing, like, what is the point of this if I'm not happy and I should probably talk about the solution right so I um I was in this program for two months not taking suggestions not listening to anyone not getting a nutritionist or a sponsor or I got a sponsor but I didn't work the steps I didn't listen to her I love you you know who I'm talking about she's here and um I just wasn't willing to do anything because I came in and I said, what are you people going to tell me about losing weight, right? Like this program was still about losing weight. Everything before I worked the steps was about losing weight for me. And, um, and I stayed sick, you know, the exact amount that I was unwilling to do things was the same amount that I stayed sick. And I was binging every two or three days. Finally, I got seven days of this white knuckled abstinence in which that I was starving myself all day long and not breaking down and binging like I normally was. Five minutes. And, um, thank you. And, uh, so I, um, wow, five minutes. I went fast. Um, so I thought, you know, there's this point in the book that we, uh, that says, you know, we feel justified. We feel justified drinking because, uh, because of our depression or our circumstances or anything like that, you know, and I started drinking again because when I was five months sober and I just was like, I wanna die. I wanna die if I'm gonna binge forever. And um, I woke up three days later on a food alcohol bender spending $1,200 in three days. And, um, and I said, oh my God, I'm gonna die, but it's not gonna be fast enough. You know, I, I, needed, I needed either to be dead or I needed a solution. And I found that and more in this program. Um, I don't know why, but my sponsor told me when I had those first two months, um, you know, without any recovery at all, she said to me, if you want to binge, pray. And I was like, what the fuck, is that going to do? Pray? What What is that going to do for me? But every time that I prayed, something happened. Like I would end up ending the night without a binge. And like, I did not understand it. I still don't. But I know that there's something out there that loves me because today I'm sitting before you like a year abstinent without binging, without purging, without overexercising, and taking laxatives, without chewing gum compulsively until I get aspartame poisoning or eating Tic Tacs like candy until I'm sick, like getting menthol poisoning from cough drops. Like I am here. And there is a God, in, and through these 12 steps, I found this God. And if you're listening to me today and you're like, well, I haven't gone that far, I'm not that bad, or I can't relate, you know, read this book. We get worse, never better. It, everything can happen to you. And it can happen to me too. My my second sponsor in this program blew me away because she had, not only has she gone up and down the scale once, like I had, but she had actually done it three times and i said holy shit i don't have it in me to do this two more times you know and i want to be here today i want to live and part of my living you know and it should have talked about this more whatever call me we can talk about it um enlarging your spiritual life you know we never binge because of circumstances never ever 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 do we binge because of circumstances that's a fun little trick that our disease loves to say oh and well, I'm binging because of this or because of that or my dog died or whatever. And you're not, I'm not. I binge because I have no connection with God because God can't live in the house that the food is in. Like if I am binging and purging, like God's there, but I can't see him. And what I need, what this program told me I needed was a relationship with a power greater than myself, whatever that is to you. You know, I have a sponsee who calls God the big kahuna you know, I had a sponsor who called God the force, um, and, and God, you know, good orderly, good orderly direction. It, it just needs to be bigger than you and bigger than this disease. And, uh, you know, it needs to, I call this, di- this disease is like Godzilla, right. It just like decimates everywhere it goes, comes out of the ocean, all, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I need, a. I need something that's going to kick Godzilla's ass. That is what I need today. Like it needs to love me and want me to be so, so well. And today, you know, I live in the promises of this amazing program. I can say quite honestly, I love myself. I look in the mirror and I like who I see. I don't always do things perfectly. There are lots of things I'm still working on. I have major defects of character and I really thought, that I would become Mother Teresa once I went through the 12 steps. And I'm pretty pissed that I'm not still Mother Teresa, but I'm here. And I have to form a relationship with God, enlarge my spiritual life through work with others. I have to work these steps every day. Because if you are a if you are a compulsive reader like me, I'm gonna say alcoholic, you can be like me in that way too. If you're like me, if you're desperate, if you're hopeless, ooh, do I time myself? I did. Um, You're hopeless. There is a real solution here. It is here. It is for you and you can have it. We all can. And it's in this book. So I urge you, if you're new, get a sponsor, Um, get a sponsor, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. Um, For me, until I saw a nutritionist because of my anorexia um, and because of my uniqueness, you know, I needed a nutritionist to give me a meal plan for me that was tailored for my body. That really helped. Um, and once I knew what the parameters were that I was working with, I and I got clean, you know, those couple of days before you work the steps, I was suddenly like, okay, there's something here. There is something here for me. And um, the last thing I'll say before I shut up is, if you are here, it's because God wants you to be here it's because you are beyond loved and there is something that you need to do for somebody else. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's a reason why you're here or else you would not be here. And um, like it said, that whoever wrote that in my book, I'll never know, you know, but we are lucky and, um, and keep coming back. And I think I'm done. Sorry. I went over.
0: Thank you so much. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. First we have Kristen H and then Lauren in Detroit.
2: Hi, I'm Kristen, I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much. Um, that was wonderful. And It's so funny. I was sitting here watching this really beautiful movie and I was like, I don't really want to stop it to come to the meeting. I'm really enjoying it. And I thought, no, you know, and I'm really glad that I did stop the movie because I really appreciate your share. And um, there's a lot in common in our story. Um, I act out in addictions, not just with food, but um, with alcohol and sex and Um, I kind of if it exists to get high off of I like it so um, (laughs) and if I if it exists to be done I'll overdo it so um, and one of the things that um, happened to me is that when I quit drinking the food kicked in like big time and I my binging reached unimaginable levels and just by kind of my ebby who was my therapist i sort of stumbled into an oa meeting and um found recovery and um you know this chapter of the book to me is um so important because i just all the stories in it illustrate that um it doesn't matter and you said this too it doesn't matter what's going on in my life that's I'm going to eat because I'm a compulsive overeater. And I really loved what you said about um, that and eating because God isn't in my life, because that's true. I will use, you know, bad day at work, great day at work, any, you know, great date with my boyfriend. Let's go have 12 donuts. Like it's just crazy how my mind is so broken and I'm sorry if you're not supposed to name specific foods in this meeting, I apologize. Um, But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it just, it's just broke. My mind's just broken. And the reason I paused the movie and came to this meeting tonight is because I need to be reminded every single day that my brain is broken. And that if I don't do the work, do the outreach and talk to people, that my brain is going to stay broken, and um, I'm going to think the next great idea I have about food is going to is going to take. So, thank you so much, Katie. I really appreciate your share.
3: Lauren, hi, I'm Lauren. I'm a compulsive overeater. Let me just start my
1: time.
3: So thank you so much for your share. I can relate to it a lot. And it, it's so funny um, because I was just, you know, I relate. I mean, I, I, I feel like we all have unique stories, but they're pretty much all very similar as well, you know? Um, so, you know, hearing the share is like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Yep. I can like, oh yeah, I did that. I did a, you know, I did, um, a lot of cocaine in my twenties. And I will tell you that that keeps a person very thin, you know, and it also woke me up. And so I was the life of the party in which I, that's not who I am naturally. So, you know, um, but you know, during that time, my disease progressed and it wasn't until I quit doing drugs, which for some reason was very easy for me, that, um, you know, my 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 food addiction kicked in and i mean it didn't even kick in it was always there i was always dieting i mean always dieting binging and doing all that stuff but anyway what really i never thought about it this way but just saying that that we are here because god wants us to be here like i i, I think i think to myself a lot like i am lucky and, and at the same time, like why why was I why was I chosen to be given this gift? Like why? Why me? What did I do? like I don't know, you know and sometimes I have to like stop myself and say, okay, don't think about that like because that's I have absolutely no idea. you know I have absolutely no idea why there's I will never know why. I have no idea, you know. But thinking about it in a way that God wants us to be here. that's why we're here. It feels like, even though, you know, to get here was incredibly painful, and sometimes working through all of our shit is incredibly painful. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> it's like winning the life lottery or something. You know, it's crazy. Um, so I'm just really glad that that was shared because I never really thought about it in that in that way. Like God wants us to be here, and it does. It, that statement just feels full of love. Like you are like you are lucky is, yes, we're all very lucky, but God wants us to be here, feels full of love. And that is just amazing. So I'm very grateful I heard that tonight. Thank you for letting me share.
4: Next, we have Rewrite Recovery. I'm not sure what your name is.
5: Hi, this is Maggie, compulsive overeater. Um, and Rewrite Recovery is my sober living that I'm in right now. Um, I wanted to sh- to thank the lead for their share. Um, so much of that spoke to me, um, particularly the part about feeling like an alien, about that um, terminal uniqueness. So I wanted to ask more about that, actually, because that's my biggest problem in program right now. I'm on step two. I just read this chapter, actually. Um, and doing everything my sponsor is telling me to do, except for the three outreach calls and a day. And it's really, um, and she knows, and we're trying to work through it. Um, but it's easy for me to make excuses. Like I have a job in healthcare. I'm surrounded by sober living people all the time. And I'm over, I could just make a million excuses, but um, what it comes down to is I still don't feel like like I'm one of you guys um, you said in the beginning that I didn't want to let you in like that those were the words you used and I'm wondering if it was if you got through that just by like faking it until you made it if you just forced yourself to do it like how do you overcome that um, that terminal
1: uniqueness thank you thanks for that question um, yeah for me, For me, I had to be beaten down some more. Like to be totally honest with you, um, because that terminal uniqueness lasted, you know, for uh, for a while. Um, it was that those two months that I was in this program, thinking that, and my terminal uniqueness was tied to my my lack of a real first step. To be totally honest, um, and it's I'm sure it's different for every person, right? And why we feel unique is unique to us. Um, but it was because I, I thought that everyone in this room had a disease and that I was making a choice. I thought that I was choosing to binge and purge and to be, you know, to be in the room that I didn't really need it that much, but I saw everyone around me desperate. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, I've lost 200 pounds, like these people, you know, and, um, at that point in time, I was up 100 pounds from my starvation weight, going quickly back back to 350. Um, and then when I when I relapsed with alcohol and came back into OA um, and just got real and just like I realized I wasn't better than anybody else. I wasn't I wasn't any less sick. It was and it was really through reading the doctor's opinion thoroughly line by line and realizing oh shit I'm one of you that I that I dropped the uniqueness and for me about letting people in in the outreach calls, you know I was terrified at first like for outreach was really difficult because I thought I was going to get on the phone and the person that I was going to talk to was going to be like this chick's weird click you know like that is really I was So scared that if I um, if I was myself that I'd be rejected. And um, but I couldn't have been more wrong. (laughs) Every person I talked to was happy to hear from me and um, and told me to keep coming back. And we had great conversations. And sometimes we talked about what our favorite color was, and other times we talked about the book. And sometimes we talk about the crazy shit that we both did. Like I didn't start eating out of the trash until I came into program, you know, and they're like me too. And so, you know, like all I can say is like, you're loved already, you know, every, every person. And I remind myself of this constantly. Anyone I talk to, there's a little bit of a higher power within them, you know, God within each of us. So that means that whatever's in you already loves me and whatever's in me already loves you. So why not just get on the phone and say, hey, it might change your life, you know? Um, but yeah, if you ever wanna call me, my number's in the chat and I'd love to talk more. So I think that's what I have.
4: Next
0: we have Sarah and then Emma Kay.
4: Hey, I'm Sarah. Katie, I loved your share. Um, I don't really have much to say. I kind of just wanted to, to claim my spot and I never speak up. I, I don't speak up enough in meetings. I don't do enough period. Um, and I make excuses all the time for why I don't do enough. Um, and I'm on step four right now. And I, even though right now I just had to give my sponsor today a list of all of my fears and, you know, how, what I can do better and how I can be better. I still am in this program to look like you, Katie, because you look great and I don't want to be a big fat fuck anymore. I mean, it's like, it's horrible. It's just horrible. And I'm hoping that someday when I get to step like 11 or 12, that I will stop being so sick and, um, Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm an anorexic stuck in a big bag of blubber. And, um, I hope that, that eventually I get spiritually healed because I know that's the answer and I'm working on it, but thanks for your share. I really appreciate it. And
6: McKay. Hey, I just, um, actually like never share and I felt so compelled to, um, thank you. Like your share was so, so beautiful. I actually got me emotional because today um, I gave over my fourth step and I was, I was actually feeling like I wanted to eat. There were so many feelings and it's funny. um, Someone just shared, you know, I was watching, I was watching a show and I was like, but do I need to? And I made a call and I came to the meeting and I loved how you said, like, God wants you here. Um, I'm still having a, I'm having a hard time with the God thing, and I'm trying to like, I believe in gravity. I see it, right? I can't see it, but I, I feel it. If I drop my pen, it's there. Um, but I'm still like working on that. Um, and I'm just, I'm definitely gonna call you because I love how you said just pray every single time you wanna eat. So if you wanna talk to it, I, I'll definitely call you still, but I'd love to hear more. Like, what does your prayer look like? Um, besides picking up a phone and calling, that's a tool, um, but it looks like it worked for you. So I'd love to hear. Um, you know, maybe prayers or anything, experience, strength, and help you have around it. That's it.
1: Absolutely. Oh my God. I cannot tell you how simple it is. Seriously. Um, when I, when I came back, August 5th, 2020, I got on my knees and I said, I need help for the very first time. Never, ever said that before in my life, probably. Um, and, uh, Prayer for me when I came into this program, even back when I could not put two or three days of abstinence together, uh, it looked like God, you need to do this because I can't. And that was as simple as it was. And then when I was in abstinence, it it really just took the same form. It was like, dude, if you want me here, if you want me abstinent, like you better do it because I'm freaking out. And that's like. I don't have set prayers. Like I do the third step prayer in the morning, seven step prayer, because, you know, I want those things for my life. Um, but, um, it's really just like, dude, you got to do it. You have to like, I'm super informal with my higher power. My higher power needs to be my best friend for me. And I, you know, I've had, I've had, some best friends growing up. And like, I've always been like a texting maniac. So I think of it as like texting God and being like, bro, you're never going to believe what's happening right now. You have to help me, you know, kind of like that. And, um, and that's pretty much all it's ever been, you know, and when I'm, it's just like, God help me be present. And it can be out loud, it can be in my head, it can be whatever I need it to be to get me there, right? Like, I just got to get there. I got to get to the end of the day abstinent, you know, that is like my that is what I need to do because I have something to do for all of you and, um, and anybody, you know, I, I'm here to be of service. So I need to be abstinent and I need whatever vehicle is going to take me there. I'm on it, you know? So it's really just about keeping it simple and casual. And for me, like when I came in prayer was really, it was hard to get to you know, because I had this conception of a higher power that was a lot more like my parents than my higher power. And I heard once in a meeting, like your parents are the first conception of a higher power that you'll ever know. And I looked at the way I, my parents treated me growing up and the way I felt about them. And I was like, Oh yeah, no wonder. I think my God is like punishing and shaming me all the time and judging me because that's what I experienced growing up. And, um, and so I was like, you're done, get out of here. You know, that God had to leave and this new God had to come in and this new God was just like energy. It was like divine love or air, or I loved how you see gravity, like that's amazing. Me, it was like the ocean, you know, and whatever, whatever that is clearly wants me here. You know, it, I'm supposed to be here for a reason or else I wouldn't. I'm- um, I'll stop talking. <laughs>
0: Okay, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?